Well, let's try this then. I'm gonna have to do a bit of practice because I am very not used to this. Not only, I'm finishing a ginger chew. <laughs> not only am I recording alone, so that means I have to try and make sure my volume is decent while I'm alone, which is strange because I know people can hear me. Um, and I, yeah, it's different. It's very different being alone while recording, especially with a camera in front of me. Hello, and welcome to this liminal space within liminal spaces. I'm your local old lady who lives at the end of the street, who you're pretty sure is a witch, but you're too afraid to ask, Adele. And uh, if you haven't noticed already, it's uh, just me today. This is going to be a bonus episode um, because there's, there's not a lot to do. <laughs> I mean, there is a lot to do, but this is one of them. And so I decided to do a little, little bonus app on my own. Uh, Nick might do some too, but the thing is I have both the good mic and the not so good mic that we started out with because we would always record at my house and this was before we knew that we wouldn't be able to record together for quite a while. We're gonna try and do something where like we're on a call and we record our audio separately and then like meld them for our new new episodes when those when we run out of backlog <laughs> but um, even then their audio is gonna have to be like from their headphones or something so that's gonna be interesting to say the least. Um, I also am trying something new with a video. Hello. So if you're on an audio only medium, uh, you won't be able to tell this, but if you are watching this on YouTube, uh, or if you are on a, on a audio only and you want to see my face, uh, go on over to our YouTube channel because hello, uh, nice to see you for the first proper time on this channel. Anyways, we've never done this before. And, um, I know a lot of other podcasts who do this sort of thing with the camera and everything and uh, I always find it fun to watch those sometimes like especially with uh, I mean it's usually more fun when there's more than one person <laughs> like for example I like to watch the Try Guys ones because they are a lot more fun to see their faces and what they're doing because they're comedians and so I don't know if this will be just as good or as fun but hello nice to see you um, I also so uh, yeah not I also. I don't know. We'll see how I edit this too because I haven't edited a video with separate audio in six years because it's been that long since I've been out of high school and that was the last time I took a media course. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I, I think it'll be fun though. I've I wanted to play with video editing again for a long time so this is a bit of an excuse for that. Um, yeah. We'll see how that goes, and we'll see if I actually do any actual video edits, or if I'll just kind of plop it in there. This 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 nose is because allergies. Uh, runny nose and sneezing is not a symptom of corona. Do not get it confused. <laughs> uh, anyways, so today is I'm recording this on Easter Monday, and I don't know if it'll be out today, but it'll be out sometime this week. 
which means this past weekend was Easter weekend. And since that is, that's, uh, since this is that time of year, uh, I thought it would be appropriate to talk about uh, Easter's pagan origins, because if you don't know this by now, listening to, to uh, pretty, pretty uh, witchy-esque people, um, Easter was kind of appropriated from pagan beliefs initially. I mean, of course, there's the actual story of Easter and the Christian story of Easter, etc., etc., um, which I will talk about. And I'm not trying to like shit on people's holidays um, because it's the, I believe in like the good intentions behind it and like the meaning behind it, but I still think history is important and you should know kind of where your traditions come from and why you celebrate that way as opposed to just having a, an Easter bunny and eggs, painted eggs, and not really know why. Um, so I'm gonna start, I also have my notes on my phone, that's why I'm looking down sometimes. Uh, this is a lot less obvious when it's just audio, because <laughs> obviously you can't see me doing that. Uh, I also got all fresh and dolled up for this because there's no other reason to. So why not have a little bit of fun, especially like in my everyday, I don't normally do that much makeup, if any. So I thought it could be fun to get properly all dolled up for this. I hope you like it. Uh, I sure do. It's a lot of fun. So uh, first I'm going to kind of just talk about what the what like Ostara or, or Esther uh, is and um, kind of the traditions and, and the meanings behind it and everything. And then I'm going to connect it to the whole Christianity deal of it. Um, disclaimer, first of all, I am not going to talk about Orthodox Easter or the Orthodox calendar because I know they are different. Um, and I don't know how or why or what the deal with that is. So I'm not, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not going to talk about it because I don't know. Um, I got all this info about what I'm going to talk about. Well, all of it except for a little bit, most of it, words, uh, most of it from all of these lovely, I don't know if you can see them, yes, these witchy books uh, behind it, that's not even all of my Wicca witch pagan books, uh, those are just the ones that I could find decent information about this holiday or this celebration within it. Uh, this is one of those kind of things that I've been interested in for years and years and years and just kind of never actually practiced uh, on a regular basis. Um, it's one of the many things that I have an approximate knowledge of. Um, but I'm also going to try and use this time of time, of inevitable, I don't know, of, 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 uh, currently non-discriminate, no, I don't know the word I'm looking for, um, currently unending t period of time, that's not the right word, but I'm going to go with it, uh, of just time because I now I have actually now um, finished my final exam for my last course of this term uh, I am taking a summer course but now I have a month of nothing because I am now off work as well so I'm gonna use that time as much as I can to do stuff um, when I can anyways I have found I've kind of I don't know about you guys but I've been going in like couple days of like actually having energy and being really productive and if I don't do things I'm gonna feel like I'm going crazy and then like a couple days of 
absolutely zero energy, can't do anything, no, don't have the mental capacity or the physical energy to do absolutely anything, um, and then back up again. So, like, we'll see. It's fine. <laughs> uh, there's no quote-unquote right way to go through something like this, um, so I'm just gonna kind of go with it and listen to my body and what it needs and yeah. But anyways, uh, for now, let's, uh, let's get into it. Um, Ostara, or the Spring Equinox. So, um, Ostara, or Esther, is one of the Sabbaths, or holy days in pagan beliefs. Uh, so this is like most pagan beliefs as well as, not most, this is like not only pagan beliefs, but also Wicca as well. So it kind of, there's, there's like a, I don't think Wicca, Wicca is definitely not like the only pagan belief, but many pagan beliefs systems, because I think they were all kind of very personal. I don't think there was like a very set way of doing things, but these were kind of, like there was no organized part of it. You all kind of just did what you wanted to do, but these were kind of the traditions that people would do uh, for that holiday, for that holy day. Um, in general, if you're looking at kind of the pagan wheel of the year, also PS, if I get any of this wrong, this is like, I'm sorry, <laughs> this is just what I've gotten from my books and from my understanding of it and that kind of thing. Uh, in general, there is a wheel of the year made up of eight Sabbaths in pagan beliefs. Um, it starts with Samhain or Halloween as we know it, obviously on October 31st. Um, and then there's the winter solstice, or Yule, on December 21st and 22nd. Imbolc, which is like in between winter solstice and spring equinox on February 1st and 2nd. Um, then the spring equinox, or Astara, on March 21st and 22nd. Beltane, uh, in between uh, solstices on April 30th. The summer solstice, or midsummer, on June 21st. This one I don't know how to say. <laughs> it's in between Midsummer and Autumn Equinox. It's Lugnasad, I think. Either way, it's on July 31st, and then the Autumn Equinox on September 21st. Um, like I mentioned, Ostar itself takes place on March 21st, which is the actual spring, spring equinox. And I'll get I, I'll get into why what like why Easter changes every year. Um, and it's not on an explicit day. Um, there's other names for it. Like I mentioned, I mentioned Esther, which is another spelling slash known name of the spring goddess, uh, Ostara. It's also called the Rites of Spring, uh, the Vernal Equinox, or in Wales, they would call it Alban Eiler. And I hope I'm saying that right, because we all know Wales has a lot of letters that you don't necessarily say. <laughs> it's probably wrong then, but either way. Uh, Ostara, or Esther, is actually the Anglo-Saxon goddess of spring and fertility, uh, not Celtic, which I actually thought had thought it was Celtic, because uh, a lot of pagan stuff is Celtic, but it's not. It's the Anglo-Saxon version, or the Anglo-Saxon goddess. Um, and I also mentioned that because the book that actually gave me this idea as well was this book of Celtic myths and legends, and so Ostara is not in it because <laughs> it's Celtic. But I still found a lot of information in all of my other lovely Wiccan and Pagan books. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, there, that's what I was going to say. There is also, this probably won't have as many tangents, but we'll probably still have tangents because even when I'm talking to myself, I go on tangents. Um, but it probably won't get quite as uh, derailed as it would get if 
Nick was here with me, as it usually does. So, uh, the spring equinox is, as we know, kind of in general, is the um, when the first day of spring kind of thing. And it is the actual day, uh, the first day since Yule or the winter solstice that the day and night are more or less equal in length. And so uh, there's kind of the tension there between light and dark as balance is, is uh, kind of sought in the universe. And as uh, winter is kind of making its way for spring or making way for spring. And from this point on days become longer than nights. Um, and it can be seen as uh, the dawn of the day as well as like new light is emerging and covering the earth and giving new life, etc., etc. Uh, it's also considered a solar festival of fire, light, and fertility. Uh, it's the first signs of rebirth and renewal, which you can kind of you can kind of infer from just knowing, you know, spring as a season. Um, so a couple kind of symbols and traditions that we all kind of most at least most of these all kind of know um, and why we celebrate using these things. So for example, painted eggs. Why do we do eggs? Um, it's well, it's connected with uh, the goddess, both like kind of goddess in general in terms of Wicca speak or um, Ostara herself. And uh, it's a universal symbol of life, you know, like the that's kind of straightforward. <laughs> Um, I also saw read that uh, giving painted hard-boiled eggs as a gift can actually be traced as far back as Mesopotamian culture, and within Mesopotamian culture, uh, they're also represent uh, they can also represent the birth of Ishtar, who I will come actually come back to in a little bit later. Um, and then witches would also then use these eggs and uh, balance them on their ends to symbolize equilibrium or the balance, like I mentioned, balance between light and dark. Um, of, uh, yeah, of that day. Uh, another one is hares and rabbits. And why those? Because <laughs> they aren't exactly necessarily tied back to uh, something you might know about initially. Like, I didn't know necessarily this beforehand either. They were actually sacred to Ostara and their symbols of spring and fertility as well, which I guess like thinking of now kind of makes sense. You know, there's that saying of, you know, blanking like bunnies and that whole thing. Um, but uh, especially hares, I found heard this, which was wild. Uh, apparently hares uh, are able to become pregnant with a second litter while still being pregnant with the first, which is bonkers. <laughs> so that's also why we use uh, hares and rabbits are a symbol. Uh, I also found on, uh, there's another website I used, uh, the only other website I used for this called Ancient Origins, because they gave me a lot of information about the whole, like about the origins of this and its connection to Christianity. And apparently in Germanic mythology, this is a quote, it is said that Ostara healed a wounded bird she found in the woods by changing it into a hare. And still partially a bird, the hare showed its gratitude to the goddess by lay laying eggs as a gift. Hence a bunny laying eggs. Mind blown. Never, never knew that, ever. And it's really cool to know that that's actually a, a thing of where this comes from. Um, there's also, I, I saw a thing in more of my, 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 my more words, my witchy books that um, this is all, also a good time to purchase a new birch broom or besom. And or, and or making a ceremonial staff. 
Um, and it's also uh, the best time to bless seeds or grains before planting them. Um, or even, and not even just like literal plant seeds, but also metaphorical seeds and like plans. So like it's the best time to uh, bless and plant the seeds of new ideas and new projects and new things that you want to do. Um, because as, as I mentioned, this is like very much the time of rebirth and renewal and new beginnings, et cetera, et cetera, as one can infer from the kind of the seasons after winter, you know, after the kind of death of everything, everything's coming back to life and new ideas are, are sprouting, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I also read in one of my books that uh, sometimes people consider the year as like tides, uh, similar to cycles. And uh, uh, if you look at, the, at those, it kind of mentioned that this spring equinox is the beginning of the growing tide. And just for uh, knowledge is sake, summer is the reaping tide, autumn is the resting tide, and winter is the cleansing tide, which all makes sense to me. Um, that sounded fake. I meant it like <laughs> summer is when uh, when you're uh, reaping all the rewards of, of, you know, well, at the end of summer, anyway, like it's between summer and the autumn equinox, and then autumn equinox, you like harvest everything, and then between autumn and winter, you're kind of resting and then winter is like everything dies everything's cleansing and then you know spring is growing again um uh, one of the books i found or one found have um also talks about some classic pagan traditions which uh were like genuinely celebrated in pagan tradition which is pretty cool there's one that it said uh baking a silver coin into sweetbread uh, and then it's shared by everyone celebrating at the, they would have actual like gatherings of people of either the town or, or family, um, probably, probably family, but you never know if it's a small town, it might be like the whole town gets together. Uh, and then within that, uh, the one who receives the coin is considered especially blessed in this time. They will choose a partner and they will be called the, they would be called the, uh, spring couple and they would lead the celebration with games and dance and singing. And then at the end of the celebration, the woman of the couple uh, is given a gift of flowers and both the spring lady and spring lord will go home with the favor of the god and the goddess. Which uh, I will admit, um, as someone who's not straight, uh, will <laughs> is a, and even if I was, we can all admit that heteronormativity is a thing. Um, this is kind of a little uh, heteronormative, but I, it's also like if relating to the pagan beliefs of divine like masculine and divine feminine um, or the god and the goddess is kind of like imbued within the whole thing and it doesn't mean necessarily like divine feminine is only women and divine masculine is only men it's kind of just like the balance of the two of the of the two energies etc cetera, etc cetera. so in that kind of sense it makes sense as like a tradition slash um like ritual kind of thing because it's representing those two divine energies kind of thing um side note too if you if you don't know much about pagan beliefs uh which i always kind of forget that this isn't that sometimes the things that i know aren't common knowledge <laughs> um typically uh the goddess is the moon and the god is the earth or the horned god uh also known i know that they also have actual names and I cannot remember them and I couldn't see them in any of my books so 
Uh, and then at this point in the year, both uh, the goddess and the god are in their kind of youth, young stages. Uh, the goddess is in her maiden aspect out of like, there's a mm, maiden, mother, and crone, I think. Um, and then the god is kind of just like a green youth, you know, very young and bright and full of life, etc., etc. as you can imagine, as spring comes along, as it wakes up and as its, you know, new life is brought, etc. And their, quote-unquote, their courtship dance begins. Um, another one of those traditions is uh, cutting, the cutting up the apple. Uh, it's cut across to uh, expose the seeds, and the seeds are blessed and planted at the next full moon. Um, us, uh, uh, oh, I'm going to see... Um, excuse me. Bless me. <laughs> the, uh, that those seeds would then be like, you know, blessed and bring ripe fruit and fresh fruit and abundance, etc., etc. Um, and then there's also just general blessing of plants. So people would bring young plants to these rites and ask the deities to bless them and bless their growth and all that good stuff. There's also a mention of, like, in classical, like, Roman Greek mythology. I can't remember which this is because I, I haven't actually studied that terribly, terribly closely. But uh, it's essentially saying, like, how Persephone, uh, who is, like, the goddess of flowers and death, I'm pretty sure. Like, both. Like, she spends half the year in the underworld and half the year with her mother, essentially. And that's why she's both. And so... For winter, she's in the underworld, and then spring is when she returns back to her mother, and her mother is Demeter, the goddess of the earth, um, and so in anticipation of her daughter's return, this is when Demeter uh, begins to tend to the earth again, and uh, yeah, that kind of thing, and it's also said that the birds were, apparently the birds were the first to know of the goddess's return, and so heralding her with their songs, you know, when you... You know it's spring when the birds start singing again, which is kind of sweet. Like, I like that idea of her mother being so excited so that she starts, like, tending to the earth again and everything's getting ready for her, her daughter's return. Um, and that the birds are like, hey, come back, welcome. Anyways, so that's kind of all I have on Astara itself. Um... And as you can see, there are a lot of, I don't want to say parallels, because they're literally just the same traditions that we currently have in modern Easter um, to celebrate that. And so Easter itself, most of this info I got from that Ancient Origins website, and it's funny, when I told Nick that I was going to be doing this topic, they actually sent me um, the same source that I'd already had pulled up on my computer. Um, so that's a good sign that we, we got the same result. Um, like I mentioned, it's from the website Ancient Origins. Uh, it is, so Easter itself is a movable date, as I mentioned. Um, it's kind of, but it, it's fixed according to the first Sunday after the spring equinox full moon. So that's why it kind of moves around. It's dependent upon the full moon, which, uh, it, in and of itself kind of, like, hints at the original pagan roots because the moon was obviously and the moon cycles were very important to them um and then kind of if you haven't guessed already easter itself is derived from esther or ostara 
Uh, I've read that the, another Christianized name for this is Lady Day. I've never heard that before, but it makes sense. Um, in Christianity, it is celebrated as the day Jesus was resurrected after his crucifixion and believed to be the beginning of Christianity, which you ca is like kind of the general story, very glossed over. I did not grow up Christian, so I don't know much more detail than that. <laughs> um, this is in in terms of like if there was more detail than that, but I'm not sure you really need it in just knowing you kind of just know the basic story. That's kind of what you need from this. It's it's not even specifically in my understanding it's not about the thing itself. It's more about the representation so Jesus's crucifixion and the resurrection is symbolic of rebirth and renewal, hence why it's celebrated at this time in the year. Whether or not it actually occurred at this time of the year is another thing and a whole other discussion that I'm not going to get into today. Um, so there's also, it's very really interesting too, because when in this in this article, and this it kind of came with a video too, there's uh, many stories parallel uh, paralleling this story of Jesus' resurrection, like almost to a T, which was kind of interesting um, in terms of like, not not necessarily what happened, but like the key points of this person died. They were gone for this many. They were gone for three days, and then they got resurrected, kind of thing. Um, which is uh, so. The example that they gave was a Sumerian legend called the the descent of Inanna, tracing back to twenty one hundred BC in like stone tablets that they found, which is wild. And this is where we get back to Ishtar. Ishtar was the wife of Tammuz. And this is another disclaimer here. I don't know any more details uh, or context of who these people actually are in Sumerian culture or religion. I can kind of assume, but I don't actually know the details of that. So don't come for me for this. <laughs> so I've got kind of a quote of what the, of how the, the website detailed this. So it says, When Tammuz dies, Ishtar is grief-stricken and follows him to the underworld. In the underworld, she enters through seven gates, and her worldly attire is removed. Naked and bowed low, she is judged, killed, and then hung on display. In her absence, the earth loses its fertility, crops, crops cease to grow, and animals stop re reproducing. Unless something is done, all life on earth will end. After Inanna has been... Inanna, uh, I don't know if that's supposed to be Ishtar, or... What? Hold on, sorry. I should have read this more closely. Um, after Inanna has been missing for three days, her assistant goes to the other gods for help. I'm going to assume that's this another name for Ishtar. Um, finally, one of them, Enki, creates two creatures who carry the plant of life and water of life, carry the plant of life and water of life down to the underworld, sprinkling, sprinkling them on Inanna and Damuzi. I'm also going to assume that Damuzi is another name for Tammuz. Uh, resurrecting them and giving them the power to return to the earth and, as the light of the sun for six months. After the six months are up, Tammuz returns to the underworld of the dead um, and remaining there for another six months, and Ishtar pursues him, prompting the water god to rescue them both. Uh, I'm assuming Enki is the water god. Uh, thus were the cycles of winter, death, and spring life. And so that was one specific tale, even if you think about it. Persephone's tale is fairly similar. I don't know about resurrection, but uh, going underground and coming back after six months kind of thing. Um, and then, but like you, you kind of look at that and 
the, the details are different, but essentially the idea of dying, being brought back to life three days later, and bringing life with you kind of thing. Like that, it just kind of, it's not the only story out there with these details, with these like kind of uh, plot points, should I say. Um, it's also interesting too, I don't know, this is kind of continuing on. Um, I don't know a lot about Jewish traditions, but in doing this research, I realized and found out that Easter does have a connection to Passover as well, which makes sense. Um, from uh, my understanding, Passover is this is, has a similar kind of meaning of like rebirth and renewal. Um, and also is kind of, it mentions um, the liberation of the Israelites from slavery, um, which makes a lot of sense. And um, so between that, I'm going to just read another quote because they worded things really well. This is from Ancient Origins again. Easter is associated with the Jewish festival of Passover through its symbolism and meaning, as well as its position in the calendar. Some early Christians chose to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus on the same date as Passover, which reflects Easter having entered Christianity during its earliest Jewish period. Evidence of a more developed Christian festival of Easter emerged around mid-2nd century. While there are distinct differences between the celebrations of Pesach and Easter, both festivals celebrate rebirth in Christianity through the resurrection of Jesus and in Jewish tradition through the liberation of the Israelites from slavery. I also apologize if I pronounced Pesach wrong. I know it's, I think it's close, but, oh, excuse me. Um, I hope I didn't offend anyone. <laughs> um, so kind of from all of this info and, and kind of remembering that Passover is generally around the same time as well, I kind of put, I, I in my opinion anyways, uh, this information kind of says that uh, it seems that like, Easter is kind of a combination of Christianity's Jewish origins, as well as it's spreading throughout pagan Europe and kind of finding a middle ground there. Um, and then having like Jesus' resurrection as the pinpoint of, or the pinnacle of, of the uh, pyramid, if you will, pyramid of Easter, <laughs> of Christian Christianity's Easter anyways. Um, and like, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's obvious that like Christianity has Jewish background therefore has connections to that but also um, if you think about as as Christianity spread throughout Europe and Europe was all pagans um, many of Christianity's holy days uh, happen to coincide with those of pagan beliefs if you don't know like if you didn't men couldn't tell from when I was mentioning all of the uh, important dates earlier the wheel of the year um, it's a uh, from what I understand, it's because people converting to Christianity wanted to continue their celebrations with their same traditions at the same times of year. So Christianity kind of conformed and adapted in order to help persuade new converts, as well as to help persuade new converts to be like, hey, you don't really have to change your way of life. Just, you know, believe that this was also Jesus and believe all this stuff in Jesus and, and God and monotheism and all that kind of thing <laughs> um so like and i to be fair i don't know for sure i wasn't there but that's what i've heard many many people say many 
television programs and many books I've read have kind of given that explanation and it to me makes a lot of sense because like if you've got a new religion a hot new religion you got to market that shit <laughs> and if you're like you don't have to change your shit just change what you call it that seems pretty enticing <laughs> so like that makes a lot of sense but uh anyways it's just an interesting thing that I think is important to know. Like I mentioned, history is important to know and knowing what you celebrate and why is important to know. So knowing like these traditions um, aren't necessarily from Christian background, it's important to know what they are from and why you celebrate it and its connection to Christianity and why, why they celebrate it now and how it could possibly have like evolved to now be more closely associated with Christianity and like what you can do to kind of make it your own. I'm a big believer in kind of understanding why you're celebrating something, if you haven't guessed that already. So like, it's imp I think it's very important to know, know that stuff without drowning on too long about it and repeating myself too many millions of times. Um, I kind of wanted to touch on, like I mentioned before, I wasn't raised Christian. I wasn't raised religious at all. Um, so that's kind of why it's interesting for me to take a step back and, like, actually analyze this kind of thing and Easter and holidays and religion in general. Um, but, uh, because not only were we were not religious, but we were all, we, like, we still celebrated all of the Christian holidays. And, uh, other than, I mentioned other than Lent, but I don't know if that counts as a holiday. Like, all of the just, like, big actual, like, family get-togethers kind of thing. Um... We, and we celebrated these holidays with, like, absolutely zero connection to its religious meanings. Like, there was no talk of Jesus. There was no resurrection. There was no, like, away in a manger type thing at Christmas. Like, all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, even, like, there wasn't any talk of, like, paganism or, or like, there was absolutely zero religious affiliation, which I know is, like, from my understanding, extremely uncommon. Um, unless I just don't know the right people, not the right people, unless I just don't know those people, because most of my friends that I have spoken to about this did grow up as religious, as, like, celebrating at least, uh, certain ways, of, even if they weren't, like, strict, they still, like, oh, Christmas is the birth of Jesus, uh, Easter is when he rose from the dead, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's just, it's interesting to me looking back and being like, oh, we didn't believe that, but we still wanted to celebrate and uh like get together with everyone and like have a reason to sit down with your family and have a big meal and you know have a good time um yeah I'm pretty thankful for the upbringing of not being particularly religious um uh it's definitely an interesting world to go into because it wasn't even necessarily like anti-religious we just kind of didn't it wasn't a thing um which I, I find very interesting now as an adult and learning more about stuff. It kind of gives me um, a chance to look at religions and that kind of thing and kind of see them with a bit less, like, not much of a personal bias. But, like, religions themselves, I don't have a personal connection to them, so it's interesting to see them and uh, look at them and analyze them. Uh, and then it also gives me the chance to, like, determine what my own beliefs are and what I believe in and my own uh my own thing that I want to live by my own values and beliefs and stuff about the universe etc cetera, etc cetera. 
Um, and yeah, I still, I like, I find religious fascinating. Um, even though I do get a little fired up sometimes about things like, uh, organized religion, religious persecution, erasure, erasure of other religions during colonization, people using religion as an excuse to be discriminatory and hateful, quote unquote, in the name of God. Super not a fan of that. And, uh, I actually, <laughs> uh, had to reword some stuff earlier that I came that, uh, I think came across a little too aggro because of, like, Christianity's erasure of paganism in Europe. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I had to, I had to kind of dial that back a little bit because I can get pretty fired up about that. Um, I also thought about doing a St. Patrick's Day episode a while ago, but I don't know if I can contain my frustrations with that one because that one's a little, a little bit more, uh, a little spicier. Let's just say that. Um, I also... I'm very, this is kind of a side note, um, I'm also super, one of the things I get fired up about is like the erasure of indigenous religions and beliefs in North America. Um, I know this doesn't have to do with Easter, but uh, it's kind of under that same category. Um, as a descendant of English immigrants to Canada, I feel a bit of a personal connection to that history, even though I personally had nothing to do with it, and I want to learn as much as I can about it. Uh, so if any of our listeners have any resources for indigenous traditions to learn about or that kind of thing in general, just like learning more about indigenous beliefs and, and traditions, I would absolutely love to receive that and read that or watch whatever whatever medium it is in. So uh, if that if you've got that, please send a, send it to me at liminalspacespod at gmail.com. Just to, just yeah, anyway. On that note, uh, like I mentioned a million times, history is important and it's, por and it's important to know what you're celebrating and why. And uh, yeah, that's kind of, kind of it. Uh, thanks so much for watching and or listening. Hello, I hope you enjoyed seeing my face. I know I was looking at my phone a lot. Um, it's because I'm not good at speaking without knowing. Like I've, I've thought about this a lot and I've written down notes. And I want to remember what I wanted to say. And I'm not good at speaking without remembering what I wanted to say and looking at it. Maybe someday I'll learn how to be a proper public speaker. But for now, I've got my phone and my notes. Uh, if you want to follow the podcast, we've got social medias. Uh, our Twitter is Liminal Space Pod. Uh, no S after spaces. Um, our Instagram uh, is Liminal Spaces Pod. And... Um, our email, like I said, is liminalspacespod at gmail.com. If uh, you can send me those things or uh, if you want, tell us. Hmm. I'm trying to think of something fun you can send. Nick is always better at coming up with those ones. Um, tell me what your favorite holiday tradition is, whether it be Christian or pagan or Jewish or uh, Muslim. Uh, or uh, indigenous, whatever it is, uh, tell me what your favorite one is because that would be a lot of fun to hear about, especially from ones that I might not necessarily know about. Um, our intro and outro music is Into the Woods by Purple Planet Music. And uh, that's, uh, that's, that's about it. Um, I've been Adele, and uh, thank you for joining me in this fun bonus quarantine experiment. And uh, I'll see you next time in the Liminal Spaces.
I've been trying to actively, like, take those precognitions out of my, no, take those, like, uh, not precognitions, um, take those, uh, predetermined, no, what's the word? This is where I need a partner to tell me what word I'm thinking of. Um, preconceived notions. 